New Year, everyone, and welcome to the third season of Insurance Uncovered, the first podcast to bring you insurance news and perspective from thought leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. Insurance Uncovered is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies. Hello, everyone. I'm Kathy Imus. Today, we're uncovering the Terrorism Risk Insurance Act, the seven-year extension that's a big win for the insurance industry. Plus, we talk with NCOIL President Matt Lehman about the group's recently passed model laws. I think NCOIL has has really become much more of a uh, go-to source with a lot of uh, states on insurance issues. And New Jersey could soon be home to the worst bad faith bill in the country. How you can help NAMIC defeat two proposals up for a vote next week. The insurance industry received a welcome gift right before the holidays as President Donald Trump signed legislation to reauthorize the TRIA program for seven years through 2027. Through careful planning, early education, multi-industry cooperation, and aggressive advocacy, NAMIC helped get TRIA attached to an end-of-year government spending package. Remarkably, the program was reauthorized and left relatively unchanged a full year ahead of its December 2020 expiration. As part of its educational campaign, NAMIC reinvigorated the TRIA Working Group under the leadership of Elizabeth Heck, CEO of Greater New York Insurance Companies and a NAMIC board member. Heck says the early reauthorization is a big win. It's the only program that I can think of, I was trying to think of other ones, uh, where there's absolutely no frictional cost to the government. So, it, you know, it's not a line item on the budget. It doesn't actually cost anything. So when you think about a successful government program, um, it, you know, it, so TRIA, is, it, it's merely, it, it's a backstop. It's a financing mechanism. And so here you have a, a program that costs, it doesn't cost anyone anything. And yet, it has uh, created the ability for the economy to thrive. So to me, it's, it's a win on so many levels that, um, you know, and, and, and part of it is, is the way it's set the mechanics, the way it was set up, it really works. The federal spending bill that included TRIA also included a nine-month extension of the National Flood Insurance Program through the end of the fiscal year. A proposed bad faith bill dubbed the New Jersey Insurance Fair Conduct Act has the potential to cause major problems for insurers. The bill would allow policyholders to sue insurance companies for acting in bad faith when denying claims. In its current form, the bill will likely increase premiums by $2.8 billion, according to a Milliman study, which NAMIC helped fund. NAMIC Regional Vice President Chris Stark says this proposal is dangerous for consumers and insurers alike. The New Jersey bad faith bill is going to be one of the worst pieces of legislation for private causes of action throughout the country. This bill creates a private cause of action for any insurer across all lines of insurance from home and auto to commercial to medical malpractice and establishes an arbitrary unreasonableness standard for delays or denials and uses the Unfair Claims Settlement Practices Act as a tool by which claimants can bring a bad faith lawsuit. This bill will create a system of regulation through litigation, uh, which is dangerous for insurers and for consumers. Uh, By doing that, you'll have a rush to the courthouses on our hands and no truly added value for the policyholders. 
NAMIC encourages its members to contact legislators in New Jersey and to take part in the social media campaign by sharing op-eds and video testimonials to educate consumers of the negative consequences of this type of legislation. A vote on the New Jersey bad faith bill is expected on January 13th. The Federal Aviation Administration published a notice of proposed rulemaking for a long-awaited drone identification rule. The proposed rule is widely viewed as the necessary basis for further rules governing flights beyond the visual line of sight of the operator and unmanned aircraft traffic management. It requires that all drones, new or retrofitted, broadcast information on the drone, its location, and the location of the operator. Drone manufacturers will only be allowed to sell drones with a serial number and this broadcast capability as approved by the FAA. The National Council of Insurance Legislators wrapped up its annual meeting in Austin last month, passing three new NCOIL model laws, including drug pricing transparency, workers' compensation drug formulary, and peer-to-peer -peer car sharing. Also at the meeting, Indiana State Representative Matt Lehman, who took over the NCOIL presidency. On today's Unscripted, Chuck talks with Lehman about the new model laws and how his background in insurance prepared him for this new role. So today's guest is a part-time legislator who also happens to be an insurance agent. Uh, my guest today on Insurance Unscripted is Indiana State Representative Matt Lehman, a longtime friend of Namix, and we're delighted that he could be with us today. Matt, welcome. Uh, thank you, Chuck. It's good to be here. Well, so kicking off our third season of the podcast, having you on is important because not only are you a state rep here in Indiana, an important legislator in our state where, Indi where NAMIC is based, but also you are president of the National Council of Insurance Legislators, NCOIL, which is an important group for our industry. So I thought maybe today we'd spend just a little time talking about, uh, you know, your role with NCOIL and, and uh, uh, maybe help our listeners learn a little more about what NCOIL does. How's that sound? That sounds great. Looking forward to that. So NCOIL, the acronyms are known, but how, how do you describe, you know, the mission of NCOIL? I know we just came off a meeting in Austin and our staff was down there with you. And yep. so um, what, what goes on at NCOIL? So NCOIL is made up of uh, legislators. It's a, it's a legislator-driven uh, organization. It is all 50 states, and then there are states who are what they call contributing members. And those, there are 30, we got 34 of those. So those states can, anybody can attend our meetings, those 34 sit on committees, and it literally is a little bit like a legislative session. We'll take an issue, like we just did an issue here recently, on, on drug transparency pricing, on peer-to-peer uh, is, is very uh, very near and dear to the PNC industry. Um, and we bring those issues to NCOIL as legislators to kind of vet those out to the industry, to other legislators, and then we, we, we kind of come up with a model. And I've always said it as I've, as I've worked here to the, into the, to the presidency role, is I think NCOIL's mission is to build the foundation of these models and then the states kind of fill in the, the you know, hang the curtains and, and, and the drapes. So I, I think what we've done is we've put together some of these models that we then vet, we pass, we send to the states and say, here state, this is something that the industry's had an input in, consumers have had an input in, and obviously uh, being a, a legislator-driven organization, we've had an input in. Um, and that's what NCOL has done as an insurance agent, myself in my, in my real life. Um, 
this was just a natural fit for me to, to, to go there and say, hey, these guys are making law over what I have a, a knowledge of, and so it's been a good fit for me, and I think NCOIL has, has really uh, it's been around for 50 years. This is our 50th anniversary, and I think it really has. Uh, over the last several years, I know it kind of ramped up and have become much more of a uh, uh, of, of, of a go-to source with a lot of uh, states on insurance issues. Yeah, I agree, and congratulations on the 50 years. So how does it engage with the NAIC, which uh, you know we all know uh, well, and then also with the industry? So the the relationship is 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 a good relationship, but it, but again, you know, we're 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 it's kind of these stay in your lane type of d- discussions at times because the NEIC has their role as regulators. Uh, they regulate what we as legislators pass. Uh, there's always some issues on it when it comes to rulemaking and that. So, but but we try to stay focused on on one overarching thing that we all agree on. And that is that that insurance need to stay as a state-based entity. We don't want the feds taking over insurance. And so uh, we are very supportive of the NEIC on that as they are with us. We get into some issues when it comes down to some of the detail work that we may not always agree on, but our relationship is very strong. We attend, uh, we have someone normally at their meetings, they normally have someone at ours. So that NEIC is, 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 we're working, we're pretty good with them, um, and, and we kind of go down the same paths on some of these issues. The industry is, is a very important part of this whole process because they're, they're always kind of the, the, the finger on the pulse of what's happening. So take, for example, even the peer-to-peer. You know, NAMIC had a seat at that table during the discussion. There's a few things maybe we didn't uh, we'll need to tweak here or there, but, but that discussion is, what are you guys seeing out in the industry that you're bringing to us with your knowledge of what's happening uh, out there? And, and, and that's where a lot of these models come from. And it's also that we look to the industry as a great resource for that. And that comes from the agency bases, that comes from the carrier base. And then, you know, obviously there's different consumer groups that are there, uh, some financial institutions get involved. So it's, it brings together a pretty good sized uh, mix of people to give their input into what this, you know, these models end up looking like, and, and that's kind of the relationship with the industry. And then, so having the uh, you know legislative type body at the NCOIL meeting uh, deliberate on, say, a model uh, law, then you bring that back to the state, and you know, as a leader in the uh, insurance committee, you know, work to enact the model law, or is there often some kind of tailoring around the specific state's, um, you know, needs and, and your understanding of the state market? Yeah, I mean, definitely, Chuck, you kind of tailored around the, the, the state you're in. Um, a good example is I have a model I'm working on now, and that's the other thing, too, I'll say is these do not develop and pass, like, within that first time period. A lot of times these may take a year to develop or, or more because you want to make sure you're doing doing it right. Uh, one of the issues we're working on right now is a rebating reform. Every state has different language, different things when it comes to insurance rebating or prohibitions to rebating. There's no uniformity. So we bring uniformity to that. We bring in the players. We bring in everybody in. So I actually had a, a place ready for us to bring back a rebating bill to file in Indiana. It wasn't really ready yet for NCOL to pass it, so we're going to pass it and look at it in the spring. And so that's a bill that I will at some point bring back to Indiana, create it as an Indiana bill, and then maybe tweak a few things that are just geared towards the Indiana Department of Insurance, and then that becomes the the bill I pass. 
the you know legislator in Tennessee or Louisiana or Colorado might take that same thing, tweak it a little bit for his state. Uh, and at the end of the day, when you look at these models, they're, they're pretty much uniform other than a few tweaks here and there. Yeah, I know that's important. And we just brought this up and uh, approved new NAMIC policy at our board meeting in December. Uh, but, you know, this rebating is an issue, particularly with the emergence of new technology and tools that companies are using. I think your intent here is to basically, um, you know, legislate so that um, those types of things that may be, um, you know, help mitigate against certain risks in, say, a home uh, are not counted as a rebating problem for an insurance company that provides something uh, that would benefit the policyholder. Exactly, and that's what we're seeing. I mean, obviously, we're embracing technology as an industry to say, hey, if we can do something when it comes to loss mitigation or water detections, things that prevent loss, we want to make sure those get into the hands of our consumers, but we don't want that to be, quote, unquote, that inducement to purchase. So that's where departments have had a little bit of an issue with, okay, so I give you a, a, a product that detects water in your basement, but I only get it if I buy a policy. Well, of course you're only going to get it if you buy right. a policy, but that's not, I look at it as risk-related, entirely risk-related. But there's a fine line there, Chuck, and sometimes we have to look at this as, okay, I want, I want to give away something that does multiple, multiple tasks, but one narrow piece is for risk. That, that's, that kind of is where we have to start to draw some distinction between, and this is where we got into some language of should it be exclusively used for risk or should it be primarily used for risk? Because, as you know, in the law, words matter. Yeah. And so that's, I think we want to get this right, and we'll, we, we've pushed it off to, uh, to Charlotte in the spring to, uh, to come up with a little better language maybe around that. But that's where we're headed is just what you brought up, Chuck, and that is the technology is driving a lot of this. Well, and we appreciate your work on it because it's it's important. What other issues are hot with Encoil uh, now that our members uh, would would likely be interested in as well? Well, you have, and I, I, I brought this up. I, I bring this up in Indiana all the time, and that is we we've moved into the sharing economy. And I think from a, I'm more of a PNC agent, so as a PNC, and as as you know, you guys are, as as a PNC agent, I'm seeing this new dynamic of sharing. You, I share my house, I share my car, I share my stuff, I did, but you know, I don't share it, I actually rent it. Right. So that has shift in this, you know, policy has been very clear, while well, we cover what we don't, we don't want commercial, etc. So starting back about five years ago, uh, and, and this came through Encoil, I had a, 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 a ride sharing, called Uber if you want to, but kind of a ride sharing bill that said, if you're going to provide that, the, the underlying carriers can't get off a risk just because I do it. They're not liable for that. But, but by the same token, the ride sharers need to come down and pick up that exposure for the time I engage that ride. That's where we brought the industry together. Now I think 40-some states have adopted that model that we took to Encoil and, and moved through. And since that time, you've got the Airbnb issues. You've got Now you've got the Turo with the peer-to-peer. Right. So the markets are emerging, and I think as, as both as agents and as carriers – we're kind of on the forefront of making sure that our clients know that when you do these things, you know, you need to notify us so we can properly underwrite. And, and a lot of that goes into how we draft that legislation. Well, it, uh, it's important and it's technical work. And I guess I'd like to just turn a little bit to, uh, you know, you are an insurance agent by day and uh, you serve in our legislature here. You are in this leadership role with the industry group. 
Um, how do you see being an agent and working in the industry as applying to your you know, part-time job, uh, which is helping set law and policy uh, in the state and in, at the national level, really, through NCOIL? Yeah. Well, that's a good question because we get asked a lot, you know, how do you kind of you know, bridge that responsibilities and, and that time management and et cetera. I think the advantage that I know we have in Indiana is we are a part-time legislature, which allows me to continue my insurance work. But the other advantage I think it does is it brings to the table someone with insurance background. So when we're making it, insurance is heavily regulated, as you know, very heavily regulated. So if we're going to pass laws on how we govern insurance carriers, agents, and clients, who should be at the table? I mean, I, so I look at it as we need more and more people from the insurance industry to step up and serve because it's it's our industry. And so I, I think I bring that that focus of this issue. Same way we have farmers and plumbers and lawyers and teachers in the General Assembly. It brings a good mix. And so I think it really drives us to as a as a as a citizen legislature to say i can i can still i almost like i'm doing my day job at the legislature because i'm still bringing that insurance background to the table every day and then naturally that was such a fit for me to go on to NCOIL and get involved there because again it's, it's everything i'm going to end up dealing with at some point back at my agency so I know that, uh, and I think you've just done a great job describing how it fits together, this uh, you know, policy role as an elected leader and then the insurance business. But uh, let me ask why you do it. There might be somebody out there listening to us, um, perhaps someone with a member company who's considering running for public office. Why, why do you do it? I mean, it is, uh, it's not for the money, not in Indiana, certainly, with a part-time legislature. Um, why, why do this, and what kind of uh, encouragement uh, what do you offer to somebody in, who might be thinking about it wherever they are listening today? Well, and it, it, that, that's kind of a tough question. It depends on what day you ask me that, Chuck, how I'm going to answer that question. Because uh, there's days I'm thinking, I don't know why I do this. <laughs> but really the answer is I, I've, I've always been a, a kind of a public servant guy. I believe that, that, that our founders created this ability for us. Is I don't have to be a noble. I don't have to have a title. If I'm willing to serve, I can serve. And so what I do is I look at as can I, you know, do I represent my district well on, on a myriad of issues, but at the same time, you know, what pushed me a little bit was saying, look, the, there are people regulating my industry, and I, I kind of want to have a say in that. And so it, it allowed me to, to, to do that, and I think that what we'll find is that if you really have the, the heart to do this and the passion to do this, the, the time is made. Um, and it's, it, I mean, I've got a great staff here at the agency, um, so I gone. And the other thing I'll say, Chuck, is technology has really changed everything. Right. Because I really operate out of my state house office as if I'm sitting at my desk in the agency, because I've got my, I can get onto my agency management system, I can access carriers, I can do so many things. So it's, it's that has really been a, a huge benefit. But the encouragement, really, I think that we need to to, to give people is. If you've got the heart for this, that's the first thing. If you've got the passion for this, then then step up and, and, and do it. Because if it's not in the insurance industry, it's somewhere else. But in our industry especially, um, we need to make sure that as I transition out at some point and someone else comes in, that we're keeping that 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 uh, that uh, that funnel of of industry minded and people who truly understand our industry in that pipeline of of, of successor. Well, that's a great note to end on. Uh, 
I'd like to, you know, thank you for not only your your service in the legislature, your leadership at NCOIL, but also, you know, running an agency. The vast majority of our members rely on the independent agent force to uh, sell their product, and I'm sure you have many great mutual insurance companies in your agency that you work yes, with every do. day. So thank you for all that, Matt, and thanks for the time today. Chuck, thank you. It was my pleasure. With the start of a new season of Insurance Uncovered, we're also kicking off a new segment to celebrate 2020 as the year of NAMIC's 125th anniversary. On each podcast between now and this year's convention in Boston, we'll be taking a look back at the association's storied history. In today's first Mutual Minute, NAMICO President and CEO Tim Sullivan reads a passage from A Century of Commitment, describing the association's humble beginnings back in 1895. The National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies was founded by W.A. Rutledge. Little is known about the formation of NAMIC, except for the second-hand account of that first organizational meeting by Rutledge's grandson. On a cold and blustery November evening, in an office in a small Midwestern city, a group of men sat chatting. One of them, rocking in his high-backed chair, running a calloused hand through an unkempt mane of thick hair, was doing most of the talking. The year was 1895. The place was downtown Des Moines, Iowa. The man was W.A. Rutledge. His companions, all officers or directors of mutual insurance companies, were gathered to attend an annual meeting of the Iowa Association of Insurance Companies. Tonight, however, they had accepted W.A.'s invitation to hear him explain an idea he and others had been working on. The result of that meeting was the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies. Now, 125 years later, NAMIC is the longest-serving mutual insurance association, representing more than 1,400 member companies. Listen for more Mutual Minutes in the weeks ahead on our journey to historic Boston for the 125th annual convention. And that's a wrap for our first episode of Season 3 of Insurance Uncovered. Remember, if you have a topic or issue you'd like us to uncover, don't hesitate to let us know. You can always send us an email at uncovered at Until next time, I'm Kathy Imus. Have a great day.